Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Can you believe it's the final day of March? How are you, everybody? Great to have you here on Listen App as we wrap up another month. Man, where the hell does the time go, right? I mean, you got the NCAA Final Four. You've got the championship game on Monday. They tee it up for round one on Thursday. I mean, you've got a lot going on this spring. Oh, yeah, and by the way, we're going to have Major League Baseball. Thank goodness that they got the deal done, all right? But the NFL still gets some big-time news. Bobby Wagner, a five-year deal as he is no longer a member of the Seahawks. They made a decision to part ways with Wagner. He agrees to a five-year deal for $50 million. There are incentives for another $15 million. Can you imagine having a job like that? Seriously, where you get a $50 million deal and then you have incentives to make another $15 million? Only in pro sports, right? Seriously. Imagine going to work and someone giving you a $50 million deal and going, oh, yeah, by the way, you can make another $15 million as well. So, you know, Wagner is, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much football he has left in his body. I mean, the guy is a dynamite player. Uh, there's no question. Five-year deal. And again, we're talking about uh, a guy that is, you know, throughout his career uh, has been really, really good, really good. And, you know, he was very unhappy with how the Seahawks uh, handled his dismissal. Uh, he's 31 years old, you know, so he's not he's not a young pup anymore in terms of playing at the linebacker position uh, in the NFL. But, you know, he's the I think he's the uh, franchise leader in uh, tackles with the uh, Seahawks. And, you know, the guy last year, again, really, really good. Eighth Pro Bowl in 10 seasons. The Rams get themselves a hell of a player. You know, I mean, this guy's good. He's really good. So, you know, the Rams, they lose Von Miller. Uh, they pick up a Wagner, and, you know, they don't really miss much there. They really don't. All right, I did a rant on this today. You know, I went back, and I read a couple of stories, and I went back and I listened again to the comments earlier this week from 49ers general manager John Lynch and head coach Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, there is absolutely no doubt they're doing their best to put a positive spin on the situation with Garoppolo and Lance. All right. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say because they've admitted it that they thought that Jimmy Garoppolo would be somewhere else right now. Okay. And so Garoppolo is not somewhere else. 
He's still with the 49ers. Uh, shoulder surgery has complicated things. And now what's going to happen? What do we know and what we don't know? Well, we know that last year at this time, the 49ers gave up a hell of a lot to be able to draft Trey Lance at number three overall. All right. We also know that they did not play Lance last year other than a couple of snaps here and a couple of snaps there. He also got hurt, by the way. You know, a lot of people forget about that. All right. You know, they traded with the Dolphins to move up for Lance. All right. Now, they got Jimmy Garoppolo on the deal or on the salary cap still. They thought he would be gone. And it's kind of handcuffed them a little bit. All right. How many picks do the 49ers have coming up in the draft? Well, their first pick's not until 61. Okay. Their first round pick is with the Dolphins. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson, DJ Jones are gone. On day number two, they have three picks. All right. They have 61. They have number 93. And they have 105. What are the needs for the 49ers? They could certainly use an offensive guard. All right. Uh, wouldn't hurt. That That's something they definitely need. They could use another edge rusher to go along with Bosa. And again, at number 61, what direction are they going to go in? But because of Garoppolo now, well, I shouldn't say because of Garoppolo, because the 49ers have found themselves now in this position, they thought that they would have extra picks in this year's draft. They thought that they would have, you know, perhaps, you know, a pick higher than 61 that they could go out and get that offensive lineman, go out and get an edge rusher. Now they have Garoppolo. He's not going to be gone in all likelihood before the draft. Probably going to be on the roster when training camp opens. Yeah, I don't see them just releasing Garoppolo because of the salary cap hit. In other words, I don't see them doing that just to free up the cap. I think they're going to wait. You know, I think they're going to wait. I really do. And see if a quarter, if a team, you know, needs a quarterback right before the season starts. All right, what about the Raiders? Well, their first-round pick, they traded, obviously, for Devontae Adams. Uh, their first pick, number 86. Okay? So what do they need? Um, I I think they got to go offensive line. I really do. I mean, what what did Carr get sacked? What forty times last year? They need to. They I think they have to get a few offensive linemen. Not necessarily. They got to bulk up the depth there. They really do. That's where I think they need to go. Uh, if you want to talk about your team and where you think they need to go. Uh, we can do that as well. But there are a lot of teams, not a lot of teams, there are teams that because they got very aggressive, like the the Bears, they don't have a first-round pick because they traded it to the Giants to move up to get Justin Fields, right? Uh, the Colts, they don't have their first-round pick. They traded it to Philadelphia in the Carson Wentz deal. We know the Browns don't have their pick because they just traded it to Houston for Deshaun Watson. 
Uh, Denver, we know they don't have their first-round pick because they traded it to Seattle to acquire Russell Wilson. Miami, we know they don't have their pick because they traded it to Kansas City to get Tyreek Hill, right? Um, I don't think the the Rams don't have a first-round pick either. That's part of the Matthew Stafford deal. So there are some teams that don't have first-round picks, but you know the 49ers thought, yeah, they knew they were going to have a first-round pick, but they also thought they would have at least a second-round pick or more for Garoppolo, and they don't have it. And I guess the question is, is this just happenstance? Did the 49ers make a mistake here by holding on to Garoppolo too long? Well, how do you analyze this? I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with the 49ers playing Garoppolo last year. He was their best quarterback. They came very close to going to the Super Bowl. That's what the object of the season is. That's what the goal is, to get to the Super Bowl. Now, they didn't get there, but they were right on the doorstep. You know, a lot of people go, well, they should have played Lance. They should have given him this. No, absolutely not. You owe it to your other players in the locker room to win every week when you have a good team. And you owe it to your fan base. And I'm not saying Trey Lance isn't any good. I've said that over and over again. I just don't think last year he would have been the guy to take this team to the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. I'm not so sure he's going to be the guy this year. But I do believe when the season begins, you know, he's the odds-on favorite by a wide margin to be the starting quarterback because he is entering year two. He's on his rookie deal. The 49ers gave up a boatload to get him. And so I want to get your reaction to that. So we'll talk about that. Uh, NBA and uh, the standings, we go over this every day. Again, in the East, everything is decided. We just don't know what number, but we know who the top 10 teams are going to be. You know, the Atlanta and Charlotte, they are 9 and 10 right now. They're going to be in the play-in tournament. And in the West, things are not so certain. New Orleans with 43 losses in ninth. The Lakers with 44 and 10th. The Spurs, 11th with 45. All right, let's get the show rolling here. I want to get some phone calls today on this last day of March 2022, and we say hello to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling, buddy. Man, I've missed your show last couple of days. It was an awful busy, so I apologize for that. But uh, Hey, you can go look it up on the po- your no, podcast platform. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, good. Absolutely. Yep. That's how I do that in the evening, and... Uh, and I listened to your rant today, and I did make a comment. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I'm thinking, uh, I just got an inclination that Jimmy G is going to end up in Miami with a coach that left the 49ers. His name is escaping me right now. But You're talking he, about McMichaels? Yeah. Yeah, he knows the system. I mean, they they took the 49er uh, most art and, uh, and uh, Tua, he gets injured every all the time. And if there's a quarterback that's going to get hurt, it's going to be Tua. He, he might be. Uh, there's no question about that. I, you know, there is the familiarity there. I don't know where the Dolphins are at salary cap wise. I don't know if, you know, I, I, you and I both know this. Okay, they are going to give every opportunity to Tua to be the guy. All right. They're going to be the guy. And Mike and Mike McDaniel is yes, 
He obviously knows Jimmy Garoppolo inside out. Uh, if Tua does not get hurt, I don't see them doing it. I think they're going to go with right. Tua, come push or shove. If Tua were to get hurt, maybe, maybe that would be an area that they would look at. Well, that's that's one of the prime teams I think would step that would step up for him because little nepotism there as a you know with a 49er back you know you know yeah, with I the got background you. and everything else you know what I'm talking about that he could he could speak for him and every you know and and plus he does know the AFC he does know that division coming you know with the playing with the Patriots yeah, I don't think that's that that big of a deal. I think knowing the system would be more important than that. Uh, you know, again, there's that is a possibility, but that's the only, the only way that could happen is if Tua goes down with an injury. And you know, the guy is susceptible to getting hurt. So you know, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, but the 49ers, if if there's a team that doesn't have a pressing need for a quarterback when the season begins, they really only have two choices: they're either going to release him. Or they're going to keep him on the roster, and at that point, is he a twenty-five million dollar backup quarterback in the NFL? Especially well, it, here's the other deal, Jeff. I talked about this on my rant today. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very he's he's loved in that locker room. They love him. Right. And and are do the players in that locker room feel their best chance to go out and win is with Trey Lance or with Jeremy Garoppolo? Well, you know, we've been through this rodeo. We've been through this rodeo before as 49ers. With Montana and Young, you know that. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, compare this situation that way, well, but yeah, I understand. Yeah, well, you know, where you had two good – you know, I'm not saying Lance is no Steve Young, okay? No way. But I'm just saying where you had two two uh, good quarterbacks and uh, a controversy. Yep. But I'm, I'm thinking uh, – I'm thinking if you – the money-wise, like you were saying earlier – Lance is doesn't get a his salary is so low. If you just averaged it out between the two, it might make sense. Again, the 49ers are going to do everything in their power to get rid of Garoppolo. When I get rid of, that's not the term, but they're going to they're they're going to do everything in their power to have him not on the team come opening day. I really believe that. I really believe that. That's. I think they're they're going to make. They're going to have to do that. I, I I I've been going back and forth on this, as you know. I'm a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan because I think he goes out and wins, but I don't think he's going to be on the roster in the first week of the season. I just don't. Right. Well, it's because uh, you think Lance will be looking over his shoulder and he won't have the confidence. You know. No. No, I don't think that's it at all. I think if the 49ers have Lance play week one, the they're, they're going to let him know that he's the quarterback. If you have a bad game, you're still going to be our quarterback. You know, go out and play. Right. So one last thing before uh, uh, you let me go. Have you seen the movie American Underdog? I have not. Oh, you got to watch it. I've watched it twice. That's what the Kurt Warner. It's excellent, right? That's yeah. The Kurt Warner yeah, I'm going story. to. Yep. Uh, Yep. It's, it's, and when you watch it, I'd like to see you talk about it because, I mean, I learned so much about that guy and the stuff he went through and with Arena League and everything that he yep. went through. And the, uh, it was just, uh, it was, a, it was a great story. Do you do you know I announced his games uh, when he was in the Arena League? Uh, yeah. I was doing the, yep, I was at the uh, the the old, I was at the barn uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. No for, way. I no swear way. on my life. 
I absolutely did. I announced the game when he played for the Iowa Barnstormers, and it was one of the coolest places to announce arena football. Uh, I was for I did the San Jose SaberCats in the Arena League for gosh, I don't know, ten years or more. And yeah, I I watched Kurt Warner play quarterback. I announced the game when he was at the uh, Iowa Barnstormers. They had the coolest looking helmets in the world, right. and. They used to real. They had nothing else going on in Iowa. I mean, right. what do you, what what else are you going to do in Iowa? Right. And you had, you know, they loved their football and basketball in Iowa, and right. they would start tailgating outside. They called it the old barn, the Iowa Barnstormers. It really right. they, where they played looked like an old barn, and. They used to get outside six, seven hours before the game, get all liquored up. Uh, they used to have a blast. The fans were great. And, yeah, I announced Kurt Warner. Uh, I announced a game of his That's in the amazing. Iowa Barnstormers. Yeah. They, 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 when he first went in there in the movie, they showed, I guess, on one side there was horses and uh, uh-huh. horses and stuff, like a rodeo grounds on one side of the barn and the other side is where they play football. <laughs> It was unbelievable. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not kidding you. It was driving up to that facility. I'll never forget how many people were outside. That's number one. And I was, it was a great atmosphere. And then inside, it was just like when they came out onto the field for the first time, I'm like, man, those are the coolest looking freaking helmets. Right. You know, the Iowa Barnstormers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about that? I've, I've, I'll tell you, I've announced a lot of cool events. Um, you know, I did, I announced the national hockey league, uh, in the mid nineties for the sharks filling in. And one of the games I did was on TV for the sharks was at the great Western forum with Wayne Gretzky playing for the LA Kings. He was with, uh, yeah, Yari Curry Gretzky, you know, so I've announced, uh, I've, you know, listen, not to brag, but it's pretty cool for me growing up, always wanted to announce sports. I announced the Raiders when they had, uh, Jerry Rice and Tim Brown on the team. I've wow. done the hockey with Wayne Gretzky, obviously NBA right. with Michael Jordan. Um, you know, I never did baseball, but the other was three Bo sports. Jack- was Bo Jackson on the team or was that too early? No. Uh, no, he was not on the team. That that was, I was after Bo Jackson. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyways, yeah, that, that's a great movie. And uh, actually, if it wasn't for the arena league and there's a clip in the, movie where Mark's, oh, Mark's hate, he didn't want to play uh, uh, Warner at all, and uh, he, he got on his ass during a quarterback session, or during a film session, and saying, you're, you're, you're not hitting the, you're not thro- you know, hitting my receiver, you know, and he says, and Warner snaps back and says, you're your player, I don't mean to be uh, rude, but your guys are too slow. <laughs> wow, how about that? He, he was saying, because he he was benched for four years in college because he was he would scramble too much and his he 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 uh, the coach wouldn't put him in there because he wouldn't stay in the pocket. So that Iowa barnstormer guy taught him a three-step drop and just get rid of the ball and stay in the. That was his big bugaboo. He wouldn't stay in the damn pocket yeah. And, yeah. and pass. And once he learned that in the speed of the game. And then he, of course, he got the, he had uh, uh, the good uh, Isaac Bruce. And he, he had, yeah, he had uh, Tory Holt. Yeah. You know, you had Marshall Falk in the backfield. I mean, they, they, you know, they had a great offense. There's no question about yeah, that. If, if Trent Green doesn't go down. Uh, yeah. That, you may never that have story, heard of Kurt Warner. That story never happens. Yep. 
And I've always wondered how many other uh, Kurt Warners are there in the National Football League that are just waiting to get their opportunity that we've never heard of before. And there's probably one or two. Uh, I don't know if they would necessarily go into the Hall of Fame, but there are guys right now on NFL rosters that all they're waiting for is to get their chance. And it happens. It happens. And it happened to Kurt Warner. Right. All right. Well, hey, I I, I, I was a question I was going to ask you if you ever did announce him because i watched the movie twice me and my wife i that was exact question i was going to ask you if you ever announced one of his games in arena league well there you go i'm glad you brought that up thank you man appreciate it bye-bye yep i've been pretty fortunate i mean i really have i've announced a lot of cool stuff but i'll never forget being in iowa announcing kurt warner and you know back then you didn't have any idea that Kurt Warner, I didn't even know who Kurt Warner was. You know, you have to get up and do all your homework. And I didn't know anything about Kurt Warner, never heard of Kurt Warner, but that was very cool. That was very cool. I, I enjoyed doing the Arena Football League. I really did. Hey, if you want to come on the show, hit your hand icon, raise your hand. Uh, I will put you uh, right on. You know, and some of those players in the Arena Football League did go on uh, and play in the National Football League. And, but it was neat. That's when I was doing multiple games a week. There were sometimes I'd be doing a Kings game, you know, at the end of the year on the West Coast, and I'd have to be in Tampa the next night to do an Arena Football League, and then the next night be back on the West Coast doing a NBA game. Now, I used to love that. You know, I used to love doing games on consecutive nights on different coasts of the country. I I I love that. I live for that. I loved doing that. I really did. I absolutely loved doing that. I would love doing a game one night in L.A. and the next night in New York. I used to love that. I used to love getting on red eyes and flying. And I like the challenge of getting prepared, getting your sleep, getting your routine in. Uh, you know, because the, the Sabercats had their own plane. So on the after the game, I would fly home. But it was really weird. This is this is odd, just talking about my schedule. So I would be, let's say, on the West Coast, maybe Sacramento uh, or a road game somewhere. Take a red eye. Let's say fly to Florida because we were in Florida a lot there. I remember going to Florida often for games. And but you'd be in Tampa, let's say, all right, or wherever. And then you get on the team plane, and the team plane, obviously, Went to San Jose. Everyone got off. Take all the luggage off. Refuel the plane because they parked the plane at McClellan Air Force Base in Sacramento. That's where the Sabercats kept their beautiful, and it was beautiful, airplane. And so I would stay on the plane, obviously, in San Jose. Take a while to get everything off. They would clean the interior of the plane. And then I would go into the cockpit in the jump seat and make the 18 minute flight from San Jose to McClellan. And I'll never forget this. Well, I'm in the jump seat of the 727 and we're coming into Sacramento. And the the pilot says to me, that's where the field is down there. But at this hour of the night, you have to turn on the lights on the runway manually from the cockpit. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? He goes, you click this. He goes, watch this. He goes, watch the lights on the runway illuminate. And boom, all of a sudden, 
the all the lights of the runway come on. I was like, man, that is the coolest freaking thing at night. Uh, and then literally I would, uh, before I had left, I would leave my car at McClellan. So it would be there when I landed, you know, sometimes I'd be getting home at three in the morning or later, but yeah, I, I used to love doing that. I used to absolutely love doing that. That was a lot of fun for me. Really was. Enjoyed that a lot. All right, let's get to Jerry. Jerry, welcome to Listen App. How are you today? I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good. What can I do for you? Hey, Grant, I got a question for you. Uh, do you think Tom Brady had anything to do with Bruce Arians uh, re resigning from his post? I don't. I know there's been a lot of discussion on that. Arians vehemently denies that, uh, said that there was absolutely no rift at all uh, with Tom Brady. But um, we'll, we'll find out what we, we will find out. Um, you know, he was asked it was th earlier today. Why are you stepping away from a chance to go to the Hall of Fame and win another Super Bowl? And he, his response was, because I don't give a shit about the Hall of Fame. Succession is very important to me. This has been my dream for a long time. Guys that know me, they knew I wanted one of my guys uh, to take over. And then him offering the job to be an executive doesn't even know what he's going to be doing. You don't think management ownership might have said, hey, you know what? Uh, we want Brady back. You know what? Uh, don't say nothing about what's being said, and we'll give you something Really, really, really good and high pay. Listen, there are all, there are all kinds of scenarios. I, I don't know. I'm only going by what he said uh, at the press conference today. Who knows what the real story is? Generally speaking, the real story will always come out. And we'll find out. But uh, he, he said there was absolutely no rift at all uh, with Tom Brady. And he said this. All right. And by the way, you have to understand this. Tom Brady was at the news conference today sitting in the first row. And he said, quote, I have a great relationship with Brady, quote, all the players. There are a few in here. Every one of them has gotten cussed out, including him. And then Arians pointed at Brady. That's just part of me. That's nothing new. We have a great relationship. People got to write shit. It couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, he's pretty adamant about that. And here's the other deal. If Tom Brady really had a rift with Bruce Arians, why is he at the press conference sitting in the first row? Uh, that's a good point, Grant. But when did uh, like even like even like LeBron James, when did players start getting a say in everything that ownership and management does? When when did this happen, Grant? And you know what? I don't you know what? I've been an NBA fan for a long time, NFL fan for a long time. And you know what? When do you need to be told, hey, OK, okay we're going to do this. We're. We're going to do this. What do you think about that? You know what? No, you know, that's not your job. Your job is to go out there and play. Let us handle our business up here. It doesn't concern you what we want to do. When did this, when did this? Well, I'm not, yeah, but you're, you're insinuating Brady did that with Arians. I, I don't, I don't, there's no proof of him doing that. We know that LeBron has done that with the head coaching. Now, in all fairness, Brady has done that with Antonio Brown and some other players that are problem child's uh, pro problem child you know, type of players. Let's be honest there. He has been very influential in that. I don't know if that's the same thing with the coaching situation. I, I, again, I, I have no proof that Brady interfered with Bruce Arians not being the head coach anymore. I don't, I would have no idea, no way of knowing that. Okay, Grant. Thank you so much, sir. Have a hey, Jerry, day. have a good one. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, if you want to come on, listen up. 
raise your hand and we will put you right up and you can join me here on the last day of March. Waggus, how are you today, sir? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. What's going on? Nothing. I just to kind of go off by uh, Jerry's comments. I first of all, I do think that you know the players should have full control, but I do think that when you have players of Brady and LeBron caliber, and you bring him to the organization, you should at least talk to him about who they want to bring in because you know, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you kind of want to build a team around them. It should be your say, but but so that's my comment. But my question to you is: is I got two questions. What do you think uh, about the new head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And number two, which NFL team do you think has improved the most this offseason? You know, first of all, I'm not crazy about Todd Bowles as a head coach. I think he's a phenomenal coordinator. Uh, I, I was not crazy about him uh, with the Jets. I think he's a phenomenal uh, football mind, uh, albeit I still do not understand his last decision of the season this year and his decide his decision to go on an all-out blitz. Uh, against the Rams, it made no sense to me. But um, you know, he's a really good football coach. I'm not, I'm not crazy about him uh, as a head coach. But we'll see what happens in another opportunity. You know, the last time he was the head coach of the New York Jets. Uh, as far as which team has improved the most this off season, that's a very, very good question. I mean, I would love for you to ask me that question after the draft, but before the draft, um, I would probably say. That's a fabulous question. I'm going to go and say the Raiders getting Devontae Adams is exactly what they need. And I thought that was a phenomenal move to get Adams. I think that is a big-time improvement in that division for a team uh, that had to cut rugs and now all of a sudden they bring in it. Not that I'm comparing Ruggs to Adams, but this guy is going to be really good for Derek Carr. They were teammates in college. And I think that is a great fit. I think the Raiders really helped themselves a lot with that move. I really do. I, I actually do agree with that. And I was surprised that Adams left Rodgers. But, you know, but one thing, uh, one team that I've been looking at that I think maybe not this year, but maybe in the next few years are, are going to turn a corner is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because I think hiring Doug Peterson, well, first of all, Anybody but Urban Meyer, right, number one. Yes, anyone but Urban Meyer, you're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, hiring Doug Peterson and what, what he did in Philadelphia, and, you know, you got Lawrence, and, you know, so what do you think about them in the next few years? Of being a well, it all depends. It depends on the development of uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if he is, he has to be the guy, and most people that cover the National Football League feel that he is the guy, will be the guy that he despite the, you know, he was in a mess last year with everything that was going on. Peterson will be very good for him. Uh, if Trevor Lawrence is as good as people think, then the answer to your question will be yes. They will be a team that you have to reckon with uh, without question. But, you know, that's still, we, we still don't know. But if he is, yes, I would agree with that. Absolutely. You know, another example of what you were talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers just went through this with Green Bay because he was upset that he was being left out of decisions. Not that he had to make the decision, but he was upset that he wasn't being informed. So you're right. That does happen with the biggest names in sports with their respective teams. You're 100 percent correct. But but Grant, don't get me wrong. It, you know, an executive should, should make his own decision. I, I truly believe in, yes. in everybody doing the job. But. You know, it's okay. Like, like you know, you've been at work, and your bosses sometimes come to you for you know advice and hey, I'm I'm thinking about this. You know, so it's okay. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, when it comes to LeBron, there have been times where LeBron's like, okay, and you know, you know, 
it's always a scapegoat with him. I felt like he's quit on his teams over the years, in my personal opinion. I, I felt like last year when Anthony Davis went down, he kind of took a back seat. Um, I, I know, like, in his earlier years, uh, when he was getting hammered by Boston, he, he would kind of take a back seat. So, but, I mean, he, he has had a phenomenal career, but I feel like it's always, like, if things are not working, it's either coaching or get me Russell Westbrook. What do you think about LeBron? Um. I think that LeBron is such a special player, has been, you know, the proof is in the pudding with how many times he's been to the NBA finals. And if I'm a general manager or an owner of a team, I'm going to make sure that LeBron is comfortable with the decisions that I'm making, even though I'm going to make the decisions because he's that special of a player. He's a generational talent. You, you, It just is. It's different. You know, I know Bill Parcells used to tell me, not tell me, used to tell people, you know, it was the same thing with Lawrence Taylor, that, you know, he doesn't have the same rules for everyone, that special players have, you know, different, different maybe things that they have to deal with. I'll never forget the story of Bill Parcells you know, walking on the field with Lawrence Taylor one day, and he said, hey, I'm going to curse you out like you cannot believe in front of the team today. And LT's like, what the hell are you doing that for? He goes, because I need to let everyone know on the team that I'm treating you the same as everyone else. And so there are a lot of things that go on like that too in pro sports that we never really know about. But in terms of everything else with LeBron, I think when you have a generational talent, one of the greatest that's ever played the game, you're probably going to, you know, inform him of what's going on. I think that would probably be the way I would say state it. But, but don't you think, I mean, you've been watching basketball a long time. Don't you think that he's quit on playoff series in the past on his teams? Well, name him. Which, which series has he quit on? I felt like last year, you know, when Anthony Davis went out, he just kind of took a back seat. I mean, he doesn't, you know, so that was one of them. And then if you go back and you look at the 2009 and 2010 series and Dan Gilbert uh, against Boston before he left to go to Miami, Dan Gilbert even called him out. He he kind of took a backseat, uh, uh, you know, after maybe. maybe. Okay. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I'd have to go back and, and off the top of my head, I can't name him. That's why I asked you to. And, you know, good job by you to come up and right away and name them. So I've, I've never had that. Uh, I've never really had that in my mind. But, yeah, you could be right. I mean, I'm not saying you're not. Uh I don't even recall Dan Gilbert saying that, but I know there was obviously some really hurt feelings when he left to go to Miami, and that was a, a relationship that needed to be repaired. And then obviously LeBron went back there, and the the rest is history, so to say. I guess I guess you can make that argument. Um, it's not fresh in my mind, so it's hard for me to do so. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, like there have been games where there have been must-win games, and I felt like he's taking a backseat compared to like Kobe and Jordan. They would have came out firing. So, well, yeah. again, I can only go by the proof in the pudding, so to speak, and you can't fault that LeBron has been with three franchises, okay, yeah. and he's won championships with all three franchises, and they've generally been in the NBA Finals every year. I wish. I wish the Kings had a, a player that would take a back seat like that. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you cannot deny the man's success and the the number of times he's played in the NBA Finals. That's undeniable. Yeah. You know, you just can't you can't ignore that. I still think he's number two on my list as Grizzlies. And if he hadn't ran into those Warriors teams, maybe we'd had a couple more rings. But I, you know, they're just moments and you know, like in time, like yep. I know, yeah. So well, number two on the list is not bad, you know. 
I mean, yeah. if you number two, number two of every player that's ever played basketball is is a pretty good list to be on. You know, like you you don't want I don't want you to, I don't want you to make it sound like the guy's a failure, right? No, no, you're you're no, no. you're right. Yeah. I I, I I I guess because he's so great and 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 I love watching him. There are times where I you know you don't expect him to take a backseat like not play defense or not run back. You know, like this year he's mm-hmm. not even running back on some positions, and I'm sorry, you know. We expect better, so. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate hearing from you as always. Take care. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. He's number two on the list. I got a kick out of that. Yeah, well, that's pretty damn good. And if you're number two, uh, amazing. I always tell this story. Announcing his first ever game. And Jerry Reynolds in the middle of the telecast watching LeBron in person for the first time said, if this guy doesn't get hurt, we may be watching the greatest player of all time. Jerry thinks he is the greatest player of all time. So that was a pretty good, pretty good job by Jerry. I mean, that's, I'll never forget him when he said that. And then it ends up being basically true. Oh, love Jerry. All right. If you want to come on uh, the program, Hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. You know, I should probably do a podcast on this. I've never really thought about, until Jeff brought that up, how many phenomenal athletes, like big-time great stars, I've had the pleasure of doing a game that they played in. The list would be pretty remarkable. That's for sure. It would be be pretty good. It would be pretty good. All right, again, hit the hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will come on. You know, the only sport I told you I have not done is baseball. I've never really had a desire to do baseball. I would like to do an inning of a game just to say I've, I've done it. And I think I could I, – well, I know I could do it. It's not that I couldn't do it. The, the pace of the game does not go with my personality, and I think it would be – difficult like I, I i'm amazed at announcers that do a full season of baseball 162 games that's that's a special human being going through rain delays extra inning games you know games that sometimes last four and five hours double headers no days off in the summer i mean that i've never wanted to do that as a baseball announcer never wanted to go to the ballpark every day can you, especially if you're announcing for a bad team, would there be anything more boring than announcing for 
a 60-win team or a 70-win team for 162 games a year where nobody's at the ballpark. You know, it's 95 degrees out. And you got thunderstorms and the game's being delayed five times. And, you know, they're losing every night. That would be, wow. I've always thought that's got to be the hardest job in sports broadcasting. And I know everyone's saying, gee, Grant, come on. You know, it's still baseball. It's Major League Baseball. Yeah, I get that. And you're right. But I'm just saying to sit there and go through that. And trust me, I know what it's like going through losing seasons. All right. I'm, I'm an expert at that. I know. I've been there. I've done that. But, you know, 82 games with a clock, games that last two hours and 10 minutes. Okay. It's really not that bad. All right. Not that bad. And it's still fast-paced. And here's the other deal. There's something going on all the time. Yeah, you can sit in baseball for two hours and the ball hasn't been hit out of the infield, okay? I mean, you want to talk about falling asleep. At least in basketball, you know, you've got nonstop action. Someone eventually is going to get you, you know, excited with a dunk or what have you. Not in baseball. Seriously, you can sit there for two, two and a half hours and the ball doesn't get out of the infield. I've always been, I've always marveled at baseball announcers that do that from spring training all the way through the season and games that don't have a clock. But I've never really wanted to do baseball. Never had that big of a desire to do baseball. You know, growing up, I always wanted to do hockey. Hockey was my game that I wanted to announce. And I did Division One hockey for a number of years and it was by far my best sport wasn't even close to anything else that I was doing. And I thought that I would go on and be a hockey announcer somewhere. And so when I got the opportunity to do the sharks for a couple of games back in the nineties, I was like, hell yes. And I loved it. It was great. Absolutely loved it. I'm blessed that I got a chance to do it. And it's really one of the real highlights of my career doing the National Hockey League. Really enjoyed that. And then, you know, doing a game uh, with Wayne Gretzky playing. I mean, it was good stuff. Really enjoyed that. All right, again, your turn. If you want to come on, hit the hand icon. Uh, We will do it right here on Listen Up. We'll wrap up uh, the week tomorrow with another show. Again, we'll do it at uh, the same time at 5 o'clock. By the way, if you're wondering about the times, I'm just experimenting again. And then we'll get back to probably... Oh, after next week, we'll pick a time and we'll just stick with it, uh, barring uh, travel restrictions, things of that nature. All right. All right. So, again, the news today, Bobby Wagner, five-year deal with the Rams. Bruce Arians press conference today. Loves Tom Brady. No riff. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Um, You know, we off the field. I don't know if you've been following the Jerry Jones stuff, but according to reports, all right, and according to an attorney, Jerry Jones has paid nearly three million to the excuse me, to the woman who she claims is his biological daughter. All right. According to the lawyer, three million, her full tuition at SMU and a $70,000 Range Rover on her 16th birthday and to her mother, according to the Little Rock, Arkansas lawyer. 
who said delivered the payments on behalf of the Dallas Cowboys. The lawyer's name, Don Jack. How about that? The paternity suit was filed on March 3rd, and her mother met Jones in 95 when she was a ticket counter agent for American Airlines in Arkansas. The lawyer, Don Jack, put out a statement. On numerous occasions, I have made payments on behalf of Mr. Jones to Cindy and Alex Davis. Jones, by the way, has not acknowledged that Davis is his biological daughter. So Jack was asked, the attorney, why he used the term child support in a statement. Quote, I used the term child support because that's what the agreement calls it. Asked if the child support payments indicate that Jones is the father. The attorney, according to this report that I'm reading, paused for five seconds before answering, quote, I am not going to answer that one. My statement speaks for itself. Well, if he's not the biological father, why is he paying $3 million uh, tuition, uh, cars, right? Why would you do that? Right? Why would you do that? It's very simple. He is the biological father. Do you go around paying someone $3 million who's not your child? Just asking. Does that make sense? Huh? Unbelievable. Well, we'll see where this ends up. But, you know, Jones has been adamant. That's not his daughter, blah, 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 that it's extortion. So this this, uh, story, because it's such a well-known owner in Jerry Jones, is that's why it's in the news. There's a lot of other aspects to the story here. You know, I don't know. I guess we shouldn't really care about what's going on with Jerry Jones, should we? Right? I'm asking, should I even be talking about this? The money to me speaks for itself. Yeah, Jerry Jones and his attorneys can say whatever they want, but would you pay somebody that kind of money, their college tuition, and vehicles, if it wasn't your child, huh? By the way, the spokesman for Jerry Jones, Jim Wilkinson, declined to comment. All right? The, both attorneys have declined to release a copy of the agreement. So, I don't know. Welcome to the world that we live in today. All right, if you want to talk about anything else, raise your hand, hit your hand icon, uh, and we will do it. NBA tonight in the association. Here are your games. Kings play in Houston tomorrow. You've got the uh, 76ers in Detroit leading 72-69. to 69. The uh, Nets lead the Bucks in the third, 62-58. Hawks have a 13-point lead on Cleveland in the at the break. 
and the Clippers lead the Bulls 36-33. Clippers could be interesting now. They got Paul George back. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Let me get the uh, Marvin Bagley score. See what Marvin's doing tonight. Uh, Bagley's played 24 minutes. Oh, he's rebounding tonight. He's got eight points and nine rebounds. So in all likelihood, uh, he will have a double-double. So he's finally rebounding. He has not been rebounding well. We've talked about this, but he is rebounding uh, much better in this game. Uh, again, Philly is on top, uh, 75-69. You know, what's interesting about Philly and the other top teams in the East is Philadelphia is only one game in the loss column behind Miami. Now, they've also got some ground to make up in the win column. They're three back. So the chances of them being the number one seed, probably not real good, but they're only a game back of number two, Milwaukee. Keep that in mind. And when you look at the East, Brooklyn right now is the eighth team. Okay, so the play-in goes seven plays 10, eight plays nine. And if Brooklyn ends up eight, you know, being number one may not be the the best best position to be in if you ended up playing a healthy Brooklyn team. They would be a tough out in the first round. They really would, especially now that New York has come to their senses and allowed their athletes to participate in home games, although they have not come to their senses for the everyday person that works their ass off that is still getting screwed by a stupid mandate. But in terms of Brooklyn, would you want to play Brooklyn in the first round? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to play Brooklyn in the first round. I'd love to see Philadelphia play Brooklyn in the first round, though. How great would that be? Let's say Brooklyn ends up being seven and Philly is two. Boy, I would love that would be a hell of a first round, huh? That would be a hell of a first round. It really would. That would be worth watching on a nightly basis. All right, so here are your other uh, games tonight. The Lakers who are in a big-time free fall, are in Utah. And Lakers aren't going to get in, are they? They're not going to get in. And again, I gave you the other scores. The Lakers right now are 31-44. and 44. They're in 10th by a half game. You think the Lakers are going to get in? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see it. I really don't. Isaac, welcome to the show today. How are you, Isaac? Hey, what's up, Grant? Uh, I just want to talk about what about your uh, New York Giants? How do they do this uh, this this agency period? And uh, what do you think about Saquon Barkley? I know he's been dealing with injuries. Uh, what What is your thoughts on the Giants so far? Well, I thought that drafting Barkley was the uh, wrong move at the time. The Giants had too, uh, too many pressing needs. I would never draft a running back, you know, number two in an NFL draft. I just think the position's been devalued. I would never draft a running back that high when I had a bad offensive line. Uh, you know, the Giants uh, don't have a lot of money to work with salary cap-wise, so they were very limited in what they could do uh, in this offseason. Their draft is very clear to me. They need to take the best offensive lineman on the board at five and the best edge rusher on the board at seven or vice versa. Those are the two pressing needs. They have an ability to go out and get that in the draft. If I were the Giants and I could trade Saquon Barkley, I would drive him to the airport. I, I just don't think um, – I would. Uh, the, the, yeah. you, I, I just would. Saquon Barkley needs to go to a team with a good offensive line 
that's an experienced team. Uh, the Giants are not that team, and I thought it was a wasted draft pick. Made no sense to me at the time. It makes even less sense to me now. Yeah, I hear you. What about Daniel Jones? Do uh, you think the Giants are going to make any like noise in that division at all, like for this year? No. No, I don't see them making any noise in the division this year. I don't think that they're going to be good enough. Uh, this is it. This is Daniel Jones' make-or-break year. He's got new management. Uh, they are trying to fix the offensive line in front of him, so that should be better. Um, but, no, I I don't think the Giants are going to make any noise in the division this year. I still think they're the worst team in the division. Okay, and then one last thing. I know you talked about announcing games, but I wanted to bring up um, one of my favorite calls, and it was during, you know, it was still during the time the Kings were still losing, but when you, um, it was when Omri Caspi had the big game at Golden State, yep. and it was in the second I sure quarter, remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was him and Steph Curry was just going at it, and it was one of the few times that I've had goosebumps from your calls and, you know, Homie Caspi was just hitting threes after threes after threes until you ran out of things to say. And then you and then you said this. And I was just like, wow, like the hairs out of my back just flew up. And it was just when you said he's got smoke coming out of his fingertips. And I was just like, wow, like that yep. that right there was art, Grant. Like that was one of the greatest calls, even though not many people talk about that. It's on YouTube. But at, like that moment was just special to me, man. You know what? I'm so happy that you brought that up because I would say that in my 32 years of announcing NBA, it's maybe my best call that I've ever had. And the reason why I say that is that I already used, you know, turn the sprinkler systems on. Omi Caspi is on fire. So I couldn't yeah. use that line again. And I just made it up on the fly. There was no rehearsing. There was no time to think about it. It was spontaneous. And I just think it, it was it was perfect for the moment. And it may be my favorite call in all of my years of announcing the NBA because it's the only time to this point in my career that I used it. I only used it that one time. And I'm really happy that you recognize that and understand that because, again, I think that's the only time in my 32 years I've used that line. And it was completely ad lib, spontaneous. Uh, you don't have time to think about it. You just talk. And so I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and it's on YouTube, man. I, I I still watch it from time to time where I'm like, yeah, that, that was one of the greatest performances I've seen in the second quarter. And it was right before yep. half, too. So I remember that watching watching it live, man. It, it was beautiful, man. But, yeah, man, that's all I, I got for today, man. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you this, Isaac. I used to love announcing the yeah. Kings and the Warriors because even they, they very rarely, they never played when both teams were good. One team was always good. One team was always bad. But it always seemed like whenever the Kings played the Warriors, something special happened. I mean, you talk about that game. You had the Clay Thompson 37-point third quarter, which, you know, is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know, you had Curry. The Kings and Warriors had some great games, even when the Kings were terrible. Uh, there were some great games played. So those were some of my favorites. But I really appreciate you bringing that up because I mean this in all sincerity. That That's probably my favorite call in 32 years of announcing basketball. Yeah, it was sure beautiful, man. But yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we still miss you out here, Grant. It's just those Thank little you. things of, you know, just making it up on the fly. And it was just, it just came out beautiful. Thank you, Isaac. I really appreciate it. Be good. Take care. All right. You too. All right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not kidding you. That was one of my favorite, if not the most favorite call. There's two things that stick out to me. The 35-point comeback with Tyreek Evans as a rookie in Chicago. That fourth quarter and the game that Isaac's referring to, when I look back at all of the games that I announced, are my two favorite calls. The end of the game in that 35-point comeback in Chicago and the game that was just referenced by Isaac. Good memory. Well, he said it's on YouTube. I'll go back and relive that. I will go back and relive that. You know, you announce uh, thousands of games, and it's amazing what you remember. But I, I still remember that Omri Caspi call. It was just riveting. What uh, Him and Steph Curry. That was a, an incredible, incredible pace and what was going on. And uh, Omri... Just could not miss. It was fascinating. Fascinating to watch, to be there. The excitement and the emotion. Love that. Absolutely love that. You know, I always tell people, and this is true of a baseball announcer for a bad team, or me, you know, for instance, the Kings and the Warriors. Kings, really, it's the middle of the winter. They're in an awful season. You know they're not going anywhere. And you're playing the Warriors, who, by all accounts, should kick the, you know, you know what, out of the Kings. But you don't know what's going to happen in the game. And the game goes on, and it's just another, you know, it's your typical NBA game, and you're announcing it. And then all of a sudden, you get to a point in the game where something happens that's never happened in the history of the sport before. And there you are, have no way of preparing for it. No way to expect it. And it would be like being a baseball announcer, and all of a sudden you get to the seventh inning and you realize no one's reached base yet, and the pitcher's got a perfect game, and then it goes into the eighth, and then the ninth, and the buildup. You have no idea that's going to happen. Now, in baseball, it's a little bit different because in baseball you have time to digest it. You have time to play it out. You know, you have time every half inning to think about what you might say if it's a no-hitter or a perfect game, you don't have that in basketball. You, you don't have time to think about what you're going to say when you're announcing a game in basketball. It happens too fast. You know, Clay Thompson scoring 37 points in a quarter. I have no way of knowing in the middle of that quarter that I'm in the middle of watching a record-breaking performance. I don't even know with three minutes left that I'm going to watch somebody score 37 points. I mean, you do know as you get closer to the end of the quarter, but the game is going on at a frenetic pace and everything you do is spontaneous and everything you do is ad-libbing. You have absolutely no time to think about 
what you're going to say. And that's the beauty of announcing a fast sport, which is why I never wanted to announce baseball. Because I love the spontaneity of announcing hockey and basketball, my two favorite sports to announce. Love it. Absolutely love it. Football is a little bit different because, you know, the play runs, the play is over. And then the analyst talks until the next snap. And you do have a little bit of time to gain your composure and everything else. But in basketball and hockey, you don't. And it's the one thing I absolutely loved. Absolutely loved about those sports. Just love the spontaneity. Love the got to be on your feet. And you never know what's going to happen. And I think anyone that does play-by-play of those two sports in particular would tell you the same thing. Not that you know what's going to happen in football because you don't. But at least in football, if you're doing play-by-play, you have a chance to catch your breath every 10, 15 seconds. You can look to see who's coming on the field. You know, you can look at you know a lot of different aspects, and you can really think more. You know, if it's third down and eight, you know, in all likelihood, you know, you can run through your mind what are the more, most likely scenarios on the play that's getting ready to upcome. You know, you can't really do that in hockey or basketball. The game doesn't lend itself to that. So those are all fascinating parts of doing, you know, sports that are really fast-paced like basketball uh, and hockey. But I'm glad that Isaac brought that up because to this day, that is truly, that might be my favorite call ever, that Omri Caspi. He has smoke coming out of his fingertips, you know, off his fingertips. He has smoke coming off his fingertips. All right. Uh, 76ers lead the Pistons by five in the fourth. Hawks are blowing out the Cavaliers. In the third halfway point of that quarter, the Nets lead the Bucks by four. And uh, the Bulls are trailing the Clippers 50 to 37, 325 left in the uh, first half. So those are your updated scores uh, in the NBA. Kings who beat the Rockets last night. And did you see Portland lose? So, you know, when you look at the, the Kings and you look at the standings and what's going on in the Western Conference, Again, there's not a huge difference percentile-wise, okay? You know, you look at the percentages, but now Portland is behind Sacramento in the standings. Sacramento's 28 and 49. Portland is 27 and 49. So for all intents and purposes, they're even because of the loss column. But the Kings now, I don't think there's any doubt they're going to finish behind Indiana, Detroit, Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Houston. The only question is, are they going to fall behind Portland or not. That's the only mystery remaining. All right. Indiana, Detroit, Orlando, Oklahoma City, and Houston, they're going to be behind. So they'll be sixth worst or seventh worst. That's it. It's either going to be Portland six, Sacramento six, or seven. That's it. There really are no other possibilities right now. That's what's up on the board. All right. Tomorrow we're going to wrap up the week. At 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, we'll get you ready for the NCAA Final Four with the semis on Saturday. We'll get a little peek ahead at the Masters. Any other NFL news, we'll do that tomorrow. All right, make it a fabulous evening. Great to have you on board right here on Listen Up. Grant Napier saying so long, everybody.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.